You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, welcome to MLB.com Extras. Today we are talking Pirates baseball and we bring in Adam Barry of MLB.com. Adam, since we last spoke, Corey Dickerson, the newest member of the Pirates, took a very interesting journey to get there, by the way. Uh, He was DFA'd by the Rays and uh, was pretty embarrassed, according to your story. And then all of a sudden, here he is in Pirates camp. So what's he saying about his journey that led him to be with Pittsburgh? Yeah, it really was kind of a heck of a week. Uh, It was late Saturday night. Uh, a week, you know, the, the previous Saturday, he found out he was designated for assignment by the Rays. Uh, he com- completely blindsided him. Um, he was very confused when the Rays uh, officials called him because uh, they said they just acquired first baseman C.J. Crone from the Angels, and his first thought was, well, I don't fit with the Angels, so what does this mean? And then they told him he'd been DFA'd. That put him in limbo, uh, where he sort of knew that he was going to be traded or released, Coincidentally, at the same time, his wife was expecting their second son. Um, so he went home to Mississippi, uh, waited there, worked out with his old community college team and, and spent some time with his, his wife. And then on Thursday, last Thursday, uh, early in the afternoon, he got a call that you know the Pirates had acquired him and intended to make him their everyday left fielder. And then a couple hours later, Beth Ann gave birth to their second son named Miller. And then there he was at Pirates camp on Monday morning. Uh, going through his first workout with his new team. Uh, he seemed very excited to, to sort of turn the page and get a chance to be an everyday left fielder for the Pirates. Um, he's going to bring some left-handed power to the middle of their lineup. It'll be interesting to see how he handles the all the all the space in PNC Park's left field. But it's a proven major league hitter. It's a proven outfielder. It answers so many questions uh, that we had about this roster uh, heading into spring training because now you know what the outfield's going to look like. Dickerson in left field, it's Marte in center, it's Polanco in right. Clint Hurdle has a lot more options now with the lineup, and it's a pretty strong bench as well. So it's a, a really big acquisition for the Pirates at this point, just for the number of questions that it answers. And uh, I think it brings a little bit of certainty for Dickerson after a pretty hectic week. Yeah, incredible that that's the way that his week worked out. But uh, nice to see him land on his feet there, and uh, hopefully he has a great season there with the Pirates. Jameson Tyon had in his spring debut struck out three over two strong frames and allowed a hit. What are Clint Hurdle and Tyon and Francisco Cervelli all saying about the outing? Yeah, Tyon was really happy with the Clint Hurdle said it was a good first step. You don't want to make too much out of you know any spring training outing, especially when a guy's just throwing two innings, getting out there for the first time. But uh, you know, Tyon actually came out and said that, you know, he used the spring training to compete. You know, he'll work on stuff for sure, like every pitcher does. But, uh, you know, he has things in mind that he wants to do that he can carry over into the season. And, you know, you you can't really just go out there and practice it. You have to commit to it. So uh, there were some really encouraging signs. Uh, he was throwing fastballs up in the zone. That's something that he said uh, he wants to improve as a way to get more swings and misses and change hitters' eye levels. He was throwing some good curveballs right away. Uh, he was working away and in and out on hitters very well. Just sort of an encouraging overall outing for Tyone. Uh, you know, you're going to be looking for reasons to believe uh, heading through spring training. This is potentially their opening day starter. Uh, it's a guy who struggled last season, uh, even after he came back from the surgery for testicular cancer. Uh, he believes that he found a lot of things uh, during the time that he was coming back, and especially in the time that he struggled. 
that he's going to use to improve. He said his mechanics felt uh, basically as good as, as ever. You know, he's way ahead of where he was last year at this time. And the thing people forget is that Tyone actually had a really good spring and he had a really good start to the season before, uh, you know, the cancer took him off the mound. So it's all coming up pretty well for Jamison Tyone at this point, which is a good sign because he's such an important pitcher for the Pirates this year. And Pirates fans should not be discouraged by Ivan Nova's outing. He allows three runs on three hits in two innings. But this is the time to work on stuff, right? So this is what they do. And particularly, he was working on what when he went out there. Yeah, it was interesting. He wants to throw maybe not more change-ups, but better change-ups. Uh, he did not use that pitch a whole lot with the Yankees. Uh, but then he used it nearly 10% of the time last year with the Pirates. That was about a 5% increase. So he was working on that in the first inning. He was working on that in the second inning uh, when he was just mostly throwing off-speed stuff because Nova's success in sort of his initial run with the Pirates was driven by mostly just fastballs down in the zone, getting ground balls, working quick and efficient. Uh, you know, you you, ha- you got to change it up because once you have success, the scouting report gets out there, hitters learn how to queue it up against you, and I think Nova's kind of come around on that. So he's working on off-speed stuff. You know, it was a very spring training uh, two innings, three runs. There was an error. There was a you know a high fly ball. The, the maybe the one concerning part is that nobody didn't get the ball on the ground. But again, that's not what he's working on out there. This and this is a veteran who has very much earned the right to a sort of experiment in spring training. So like you said, I don't I don't think it's anything for for concern quite yet. Uh, Nova's basically just happy to get the work in right now. All right, let's talk about a couple of injuries, and we'll ask you if any of these should, you know, raise any red flags and concern fans. Let's first start with Joe Musgrove, who is dealing with right shoulder discomfort, and we know he threw a bullpen on Sunday. What's the situation with the shoulder, and, you know, what's the protocol from here on out? Yeah, Musgrove threw on Sunday. He had been out for uh, about a week or so. Just the Pirates shut him down, sort of precautionary measures, uh, before he threw live batting practice, just because... They had, they had said when he came into camp, we're going to be really careful with you. You pitched into October last year. You're young. You're making the move back from the bullpen to the rotation. If you feel anything, let us know. We're going to be careful and shut you down. So that's what they did. He came back out, threw a bullpen, 20 pitches, said he felt good. He's going to throw again tomorrow, which is Wednesday or Tuesday. We lose track of the days down here in spring training. Uh, so he's going to throw again. If that goes well, he'll probably move on to live batting practice and that'll get him back on that progression to start. Shouldn't be a long-term issue. Uh, Musgrove said he felt good, so it doesn't sound like it's a really uh, major cause for concern. And the fact that he got back on the mound as quickly as he did after being shut down shows that it really was just precautionary. All right, how about a reliever that's also dealing with essentially the same thing who is still shut down? A.J. Shugel, I believe is how you say it. And uh, what's his timetable for coming back? Yeah, Shugel is a little less certain uh, and maybe a little bit more concerning because he's dealt with right shoulder uh, injuries in the past. I think he did not pitch in September 2016 because of some sort of right shoulder injury. Uh, This is just being described as discomfort for now, Um, but he is shut down. He does not necessarily know when he'll get back on the mound. He's hoping it's just a few days. And this is actually a really important camp for Shugel because he's out of minor league options um, and looking to, to win a spot in the bullpen. So, you know, anytime you do miss, it uh, sort of can be used against you, I guess. So uh, it is pretty important for Shugel that he gets back on the mound. But the most important thing is that he's obviously getting back to full health um, because Shugel has shown pretty quietly over the last two years that he's a really effective major league reliever um, in a number of roles. So it's a guy the Pirates would like to have at least as an option uh, as they get toward the end of camp. 
All right, we also know outfielder Daniel Nava is getting a second opinion on that lower back. Obviously a big injury if you're a baseball player. What's the latest there? Yeah, we have not heard much from Nava. My understanding is that he went uh, out of camp for a second opinion. We should hear more uh, from uh, Todd Tomzik, the director of sports medicine, uh, later this week as far as updating Nava's status. The concern there is that he missed time last season with a lower back injury. You know, he's a player in his mid-30s. He said it was kind of, you know, feeling a little bit similar to that. He was basically in rehab-only mode. He was shut down, not doing any baseball activities uh, since one of the first workouts of the spring. So uh, that's going to be worth monitoring. Nava is, you know, one of the guys who had a pretty legitimate uh, chance to claim that fourth outfield job, uh, you know, behind Dickerson, Marte, and Polanco. And then, you know, it got a little more complicated when the Pirates traded for uh, Bryce Brent, the outfielder from the Red Sox, who's also out of options. So uh, it's just sort of a gonna, kind of a wait-and-see thing for Nava right now because, you know, he, he's got to get back to being healthy, uh, and then he might have to come in and try to win a job, which now seems a little less certain than it did a couple of weeks ago. So we should hopefully find out more later this week. All right, let's talk about Tyler Glass now. What are his expectations for himself, and what has manager Clint Hurdle said specifically about Glass now? Yeah, well, Glasnow actually came in and made his first uh, start of the spring on Sunday. And the most interesting thing to me is just that the first pitch comes out and it's 100 miles an hour. It's just, you know, it's, it's located pretty well. He threw hard. His stuff looked good, like it did the stuff that made him a top prospect. You know, he's 97-98 with the fastball. Curveball is getting swings and misses. Changeup is, is good. Uh, I think... Hurdle was really, you know, encouraged just as sort of a first step uh, with Glasnow's outing. The line didn't look all that great, but, again, it's spring training and things happen. Balls get hit down the line that, you know, may be reviewed in, in the regular season. Uh, really, the most important thing is that Glasnow's stuff looks good because if he's able to bring that up to the majors, and we didn't see it at the beginning of last season, he's going to be an effective pitcher. The question now is where is he going to be pitching out of because there's not really an open spot in the rotation you know, how is he going to learn to adapt as a reliever? Uh, that's, that'll be a question because I think that's where you see him uh, come opening day. He doesn't really have a whole lot more to prove in AAA. Um, and, you know, how is he going to handle that sort of relief mentality? That was something that uh, Glasnow and Hurdle talked about after his outing. You know, it's so cliche, but it's one pitch at a time. You know, put everything into that one pitch. And that's what we saw uh, in Glasnow's first spring training outing. If he can carry that through, then... You're looking at a really effective weapon, whether it's out of the bullpen or the rotation. So uh, an encouraging first step for Tyler Glass now, I'd say. All right, and last but not least, since we last talked to you, Kevin Seeger signed and reported to camp. What's his future with this team? Yeah, it's an interesting arm. Uh, Seeger's had a lot of success with the Cardinals out of the bullpen. He's a lefty reliever. He's only 28 years old. Um, he's put up some good numbers in 2015 and 16. Struggled a little bit last season. Um, but it's a guy with a legitimate chance to, to make the team out of camp. He's, you know, he has experience. Uh, he's a left-hander, which Clint Hurdle always likes. Uh, you know, he likes having a couple of options as far as lefties go. Uh, he's pitched in big situations. Uh, you know, it's a guy who, who's been on winning teams. Uh, you know, and with the absence of Daniel Hudson, who was part of that Dickerson trade, there's another open spot in the bullpen. So it'll be interesting to see if Segrist uh, can come in and claim that job. Certainly, you kind of always give guys with, you know, a track record and experience a little bit of an edge in that competition. But there's a lot of interesting arms in camp who could, uh, you know, make a better case for themselves or could prove useful in another way. You know, he's up against guys like Shugo, who I mentioned earlier, uh, Jordan Milbrath, the uh, sort of side-arming Rule 5 draft pick, Josh Smoker, another lefty who who throws really hard, has had a good good camp so far. So, 
you know, it's a it's a low risk move, but the reward is potentially high just based off of uh, Seager's success in the past. Because you know, it could be sort of a, a, a setup type arm if if he gets it back together in that 2015-16 form. All right, we know the Bucks are taking on the Braves. Got a couple of players competing for a bench spot who are expected to start, so we'll see how that all plays out when we talk to you next time on the podcast. That's going to do it for us here on MLB.com Extras, our Pirates edition. Like I mentioned, back next week with a brand-new episode, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Thanks, Adam. Thank you. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.